This North Carolina triad-based podcast is proudly brought to you by an amazing triad-based business. Ashley McKenzie Sharp with Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Whether you're in the market for a new home or not, I'm willing to bet that you've at least thought about making a change. And with the fluidity of real estate and interest rates, your strategy may change by the day. But you know what? There's a nationally recognized loan originator right here that can pivot with you. Need a full qualifying approval to make that competitive offer? Maybe a quick turnaround on closing is the little something extra to help you win the home. Ashley McKenzie Sharp can help. And if you're not moving, there's a decent chance you have more equity in your home than you realize. Ashley can help you turn that equity into a long overdue home renovation. Whatever your approach, just give Ashley a call and check out your options. 336-748-4599 or email ashleym at fairwaymc.com. Ashley McKenzie Sharp, NMLS ID number 100776, is a licensed mortgage originator in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida. Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 2289, equal housing opportunity. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, happy summer, everybody. It is another real estate episode with our guy, Blake Ginther. Wearing nice, light, bright colors today. You look very summery today, like you're about to go outdoors. But if you if you do go outdoors, you'll probably sweat right through that shirt, just like I would wearing this blue shirt as well. For sure. I won't be going outdoors anytime soon. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, um, thankfully, in your line of work, you're, you're oftentimes indoors talking to people. Now, you know, you might have to do some, some perimeter scouting and check out outdoor areas and, and porches and, and whatnot. But yeah, for the most part, you get to stay in air conditioning, don't you? Yeah, I love it, frankly. Quite, um, quite thankful uh, in the summertime to, to work at a desk most of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, we're, we're in an interesting time right now. And so, you know, we, it seems like we, we spend a little bit of time on most of these shows talking about market updates and uh, a little bit of the economic watch around our country and how it's affecting real estate. But every time we do this show once a month and every time we hop on this Zoom to talk, things have changed for, so drastically, you know, and, and right now we are, you know, there's, there's warning signs and headlines of recession. Inflation continues to, to be going at a, at a high pace. Interest rates are rising. Rent costs, uh, gas prices, you name it. There, there's so many things that people could point to in terms of how it is affecting their financial well-being and, and their investments. And so real estate is something that we always like to keep our eye on to see, okay, where is it going along the lines of what our economy is doing? Because those don't always go hand in hand. If you, if you look at stock markets, if you look at your stocks and your portfolio going in one direction and you look at things going toward the negative financially and things that affect your life, that, that you can't always put real estate into that same bucket, right? Yep. Real estate has is, is got to be treated more in a vacuum to look at its factors that contribute to whether buyer's market, seller's market, um, supply and demand, right? So yep. as, as you review what's happening in our financial world and how it relates to real estate, how would you, as, as our expert on real estate here on our network, how would you put into words what you're seeing right now? Um, okay. So first and foremost, I think, um, and you've heard me say this before, and anybody who's listened to the show um, has heard, heard this before, it's 
real estate is a hyper local thing. Always, always has been, always will be. And, um, and when people get national media, um, rhetoric, uh, they need to go to their, their local expert and say, Hey, is this true in our market? Because there are markets, by the way, that have been softening for a long time, for like beginning of this year. And then there are some markets that aren't softening yet, right? And then there are some markets that just started softening and, and, and the different paces and the different everything. So when the national media comes on saying, hey, the housing market is in trouble, um, in certain pockets of the country, that's probably true, right? I, I don't know, but I, all I can speak to is, is the triad. And I can tell you right now, it's not in the triad. Um, right before you, right before you clicked record and we said go, I joked and I said I think that people hear supply and demand and they forget that there's two aspects to that phrase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I think that people literally think of it as one thing, uh, and they're like, I mean, demand slowed, and and on that half of the equation, the the one thing the government could control. They did, right? They raised rates, and it yep. and they did slow demand. Um, and that is making it, making it, uh, and by doing that and affecting demand, it made it. I don't want to use the word tougher, but it, um, but it slowed down people's ability to go out and find homes because with low interest rates, you're thinking, okay, I can, maybe I can afford something a little better than what I've got right now. But you have to do some recalculation, some different math with higher interest rates. Um, so it does, yeah, it does slow people's desire to purchase. That's it. it ability and desire, right? Yeah. So it, it, some, and, and it's different for different people, but bottom line is it, they, they controlled the demand side of the equation mm -hmm. and they have slowed down demand. And, you know, look again, back to being hyper-local people still, some people still have to move. Some people are still getting a divorce. Some people still have to do all of the life things mm -hmm. that make them move. So a lot of the, the move-ups that happened at an all-time high because of COVID, right? All-time high, people looked at their house. They started working from home. They had their kids at home more. They reviewed, they scrutinized, and they went, crap, I can't get a contractor here to do all these things I want to change, so I'm just going to buy a house. Mm. Those people have removed themselves from the equation. Yeah. And that's okay. Honestly, that's all right. And here's why it's all right. And here's why in our local market, everybody just needs to take a breath because <laughs> our, our price is going to soften, meaning you're not going to continue to get 10 to 15% equity increase year over year like you have in the last two years. Heck yeah. By the way, that's good because this double digit equity increase is unhealthy, unsustainable. Congratulations on all that equity you've gained. But, and, and you just basically recaptured it. If you've lived in your home since before 08, you've just recaptured where you probably should have been all along. Mm. Um, but it's going to get back to that national average of three, four, five percent. And and I didn't think we'd get there, frankly, as quickly as we might be getting there. So we might be going to that three to five percent equity increase year over year in a lot of cities. And we might be there in the triad for the next 12 months. And people go, I mean, does, is the sky falling? No, <laughs> that's back to normal. It might feel like the sky is falling to some who have gotten 20 to 30% equity increase in the last, you know, two years. So, yeah. and, but, but back to the supply demand thing, and here's why. 
we have only fixed demand. We haven't fixed supply. And in the triad, when you drive around, you don't see new construction on every corner. Mm-mm. And even if, even new neighborhoods, by the way, drive through them, you don't see that many houses in them. There, there is not enough building. There hasn't been for a long time. Um, and, and the government, by the way, could have impacted that. They could have stimulated builders. I think they did learn from the past that they didn't want to artificially enhance too much from the real estate perspective. So they've let, and I think smartly so, they have not touched that. And, and here's why. So demand is softening, no doubt. In certain places, it's really softened. So if they had artificially enhanced supply, now we'd have a problem. You know, if, yeah. if, if and, and, and really, in a, <laughs> that is why 08 happened, right? 08 happened because we had massive deregulation from a lending and a, and a, um, a building for builders. It was, by the way, the, the mortgage fraud was happening on two fronts. People being able to buy that shouldn't have been able to buy. Builders building that shouldn't have been able to get the lines of credit they got. So we had oversupply for like mm-hmm. five straight years from like 03 to 08. And then we, when we stopped having over demand, artificially enhanced by people who really shouldn't have been buying. And, and, then, and then, of course, all of those, frankly, illegitimate loans, yeah. right, bankrupting our country. So people well, that's, need- that's, the, that's the thing, right? So um, I don't want to make this sound too nefarious, but if you're the government affected demand with interest rates, if you're affecting supply, going back to your example, where there's too much supply, to affect supply, you can't. You almost have to kind of cut some corners that got us into such a bad spot, right? Correct. They would have had to en- en- enhance builders. They would have had to have, have made it easier for builders, which, frankly, they really didn't have the power to do other than provide them with money, which, frankly, they yeah. have. <laughs> they, they got stimulus checks. I guarantee you their companies got money. So yeah. it's, but they, they can't get the product fast enough. We still have, inflation came from the fact that we oversupplied folks, the, the world, the country, with too much money. And then they, um, we found out what happened, right? People started spending. People started buying at, at, at record clips. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the companies could not keep up. So they raised prices faster to make up for the fact that they couldn't keep up. And then it didn't slow it down fast enough because there was still too much money out there. And here we are with inflation. So all of this to say back to the directly as it pertains to real estate in the triad, we have had a little bit of increase in inventory. We've gone from measuring in by a week or two to everybody take a breath here over a month of supply. But we need to get back. And I think we're heading back to a level market where we'll have three to four months supply. Yeah. I don't know how quickly we'll get there, Adam. I think, I mean, if we keep this pace up, we could get there by the fall to a level market. But then by the time spring happens, a level market could easily become a seller's market again. Yeah. Um, I don't think if everybody who, there are people out there being like, now's not the time to buy. Oh, oh boy, you're going to be mad at the fact in the triad. Here locally, if you're listening to the national rhetoric about maybe now's not the time to buy, not just because of interest rates, because of the, housing, um, you know, uh, instability, that's, that's not a thing that not in the triad because we still have more people moving here than moving away. Mm-hmm. We still have an undersupply and we still have enough demand that we're not going to see ma- uh, much pricing softening. Um, 
we're going to see it, the increase chill out, right? If, if somebody sold their home this last year, if somebody sold their home for 400 in the spring, they sold their home for 425 to 450 this spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't happening next year. Okay, yeah. if you bought a house, if you buy, and it shouldn't, that's, that's incorrect. If you bought a house for 400 this spring, in theory, you should be able to sell it for about 415 next spring, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that's going to be about what it's going to be. And, and hopefully what it will be for the next couple of years, that's normal. The Triad Podcast Network is presented by Icon Custom Builders in Winston-Salem. We've all been there. You're thinking of making some changes around the house. So what do you do? You take to social media, ask for recommendations to make those home improvements, and inevitably, you get 20 responses and each one has a different answer. You're even more confused. Well, we're here to make it easy for you. Just talk to our friends at Icon Custom Builders. Whether it's a large or small renovation, they've been transforming homes in the triad since 2005. And like we've been saying for several months now, chances are you've got more equity in your home than you realize. So now could be the perfect time to consider some upgrades. Maybe you want to modernize your kitchen or optimize your outdoor space for entertaining. You can even restore your older home with a more functional layout and design while preserving the original character and charm. Whatever's on your wish list, Icon can help turn it into reality. Now, if you're like me, the whole idea of home renovation is overwhelming. But not to worry, Icon has a full-service design-build team that guides homeowners through every step of the process. Just visit their website, IconCustomBuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today. I want to go back to a couple things that you said and just see if I'm summarizing this correctly because the theme of what you're talking about is let's, let's take a breath and realize that the national rhetoric does not necessarily reflect what's happening here locally. Now, we've seen some significant changes in interest rates and we have seen some significant changes in uh potentially in in rise of equity you said you know 10 to 15 or 15 to 20 percent is not healthy you want to be three to five percent so in now people could write a headline and they could say interest rates have doubled since last time okay well that just means it's gone from three to six percent or or two and a half to five and you say, oh, well, the, the equity increase in your home has decreased by 10%. Well, that just means it's gone from abnormally high to healthy, Correct. right? Yep. So this is a, it's perspective, it's proper context. It's, it's saying like, don't get freaked out by some of the drastic changes in your interest rates and your equity changes and your inventory numbers. All of it is getting back to where it's supposed to be in a level market, correct? Yeah, yeah, that is where I, I'm in a text thread with um, eight really smart guys. They're all of every one of them has a higher IQ than me. I, I noticed I, you I, didn't include me in that text thread. Sorry, man. Sorry. They're actually mostly <laughs> they're from all over, and and the common denominator, by the way, is, my IQ is too high for that group. Yeah, yes, a yes. your okay. IQ is too high. Yeah. B, they're all Buckeye fans and Browns fans, Cleveland Browns fans, which and right I, away I, makes I am you, neither. I am neither. Right away, questions people are going to go. Really, how high is their IQ? Then that's fair. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and and these guys are smart guys, and but they all are listening to the national media and they're all over the country. And so every one of their stories is different, but I asked them like, just curious, where are you hearing the doom and gloom? Cause somebody posted something about 
the real estate market. And, and here we go, buckle up. And, and I just was like, look, you guys, and, and if these intelligent dudes are thinking this, I'm thinking to myself, we need to talk about this more because Adam, everything you said is spot on. We're back to a normal interest rate, yeah. but it went so normal high. is not 3%. No, but we've been there so long and it got here so quickly that people, the sky is falling to mm -hmm. some people. And then, you know, the fact is that not yet, but soon when people can only sell their home, only sell their home. I mean, here's the thing. People got used to buying a home and being able to sell in six to 12 months and make money. Okay, that's not how it's supposed to be, folks. That's, that's not how housing works. You're not supposed to be able to accidentally flip your primary home, okay? Yeah. You're not supposed to buy it and go, oh, my job actually says I do have to be in person, so I'm gonna sell this house I bought six months ago for a profit. No, <laughs> no, that's, you know, it, housing has always been and, and really should always be that it, it, the only way you lose in a housing situation is if you put yourself in a situation where you have to exit, you have to sell the home at any moment. Yeah. If you don't have to sell, because here's the other thing we're not talking about, Adam, guess what's happened to, to rental rates? Gone up. They've gone up. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have to, A, if you can't cash out refinance, because let's say you lose your job. Let's say you buy a home today and you lose your job. Okay. So, and, and, you, and you feel like maybe the home you bought was based off of this awesome job that, is, that you're not going to be able to go get again. So here's what I would say. You don't have to sell, first of all. So if, if you find that the market is softened and, and you can't sell for, for, for excess more like you could have in the past, in the past two years, frankly, rent it. Because I guarantee you, you can get, hire a property management company that charges 8 to 10%. And still make more than your your insurance taxes and mortgage. Yeah, I guarantee you. And and I mean in, in our area. Okay, I'm not going to speak to other areas in our area. So, and that's probably going to be the case for the next couple of years. Rent rates are not going down anytime soon, and and they go up in a recession. I know that sounds. I, why perfect. why is that happening? I mean, look, I've seen it. Rental rates. I mean, you look at some of like the large markets. Uh, the major markets around our country, and you're talking about people paying six, seven thousand a month in. Now we're talking about like New York City and places yeah. like that. But what is happening there with rental rates, and and why do they go up in a recession? Honestly, the honest answer is because when you get afraid, when when wealth gets afraid to purchase, they can afford to rent. And mm -hmm. and and the the irony is. Again, so driving up the market value, driving up market, driving up rental yeah. rates and, and, yeah. and rental rates go up in a recession every time. A hundred percent. They go up and people go, oh, that makes no sense. If you if the market's going down, if stocks, bonds, gold, crypto and, and, and supposedly housing is all going to go down, which for the record, I am not saying that in the triad. OK, yeah. but if they, it's people, just not going up at the same rate. Correct. But if people feel that way, then they go, why, why would rental rates go up? Well, kind of for obvious reasons. People aren't people that have who have means to to do things aren't doing them now. And it's, they are yeah. in the rental rate. They're in the it's, rental world. It's the same reason that housing prices were going up because there was more demand. Yep. And when not as many people are buying, there's more demand for renting. Yep. 
Yeah. And that, it, and that, and that drives up your cost, your price. It really is. It really is <clears throat> that simple. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know how, I, I think that the doom and gloom conversation and, I, and we, we had a secondary topic. I don't know if we have enough time for it, frankly. Um, but I, I get, I'm getting fired up about this particular moment in our history because yes, back to all of those things that are going down, by the way, if you had money in the stock market, what the stock market has, has historically over the last century averaged 10%. If you had the money in the stock, not quite, it's eight, eight, between eight and nine, but yeah. honestly, an aggressive stock market broker would probably tell you it's closer to 10. But regardless, I think the national average is somewhere like 8.9. It's basically nine. So over the long, over an extended period of time, right, over several decades, it has, it last year, that same broker who would have said 10% was probably got you mid 20s into low 20s. Like you did really, really well. Mm-hmm. And you, you've probably done really, really well for an extended way too long. The stock market went up, 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 up for many, many, many years in a row, record years in a row. So the fact that the market is back down by more than 15%, 16%, upper teens, um, is still puts you in a net positive if you've been in the market for the last year, just year, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that that's not housing. Stop comparing. Stop comparing two very different things. When I tell you that 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 one average is nine and the other one average is four, that don't and and people go, yeah, but bonds are down, Blake. That's rare. They average five and bonds are down. Okay, that's that's fair. But again, different world. It's a different. It is not a hard asset, right? Yeah, and, and correct when. When times get tough and when there is uncertain an uncertainty in the air, the one thing you are supposed to put your money in is a hard asset. Back to what we said before, though, hard assets aren't quick, quick in and out plays. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that's all I really want to say to folks is, is, okay, maybe don't flip your primary home. <laughs> maybe right. if you buy it. should it, never be the intention. And, and, and it, I, I don't think it's been on purpose, but I think people have felt this immense freedom that, hey, if I work, I'm, my, my job in San Francisco said I can work from home. This place is super expensive. I'm going to buy in North Carolina. Um, and then, oh, crap, they want me back. Oh, I'll sell. Okay. Well, you know, look, what I would tell those people is you should probably still buy. If your company is still giving you the freedom and you can go wherever the heck you want to go, go wherever the heck you want to go. Talk to the local expert. Maybe you should still buy, mm-hmm. um, and then and then don't sell it, keep it, let a property management rent it, and go do that across the world. <laughs> go do that everywhere. Buy a home, keep it, and and go back to your job. Go, but it's the immediate need to sell that will get people in trouble. The Triad Podcast Network is sponsored by Jennifer Johnson, owner of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and a local certified financial planner who helps people plan for big financial goals such as retirement or college. Especially now, navigating markets is challenging, particularly for those gearing up for retirement, young professionals, business owners, or retirees. Am I saving enough for retirement? As a business owner, do I need a workplace retirement plan to attract and retain key employees? Am I using the right individual investment strategies? Personally, I had some of those questions. Plus, how do I save for my kid's college education? 
So I went and got local independent advice from Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They're located at Winston-Salem, and you can get started like I did with a complimentary, no-obligation consultation right here in the triad. Just call 336-701-1600 or email jennifer at the number 3-magnolias.com. Jennifer at 3-magnolias.com. And be sure to catch Jennifer's podcast covering all sorts of financial tips, trends, and strategies right here on this same feed with the Triad Podcast Network. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. And like you said, an, an investment property, sure, it's different. But still, those aren't even... I mean, if you're looking to flip a home as an investment property, that's a short-term thing. But for your primary residence, I, I don't, you're not buying a home thinking you're only going to live there for two or three years. Just rent, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm, by the way, for the record, I, I think even if, if you could live there for three years, you're going to make your commissions plus some back in a sale, right? In, yeah. in probably, I mean, you've been able to, and even when the market was meh, in the triad, you could, yeah, in most areas. So it's still, and it's still hyper local even here, Adam. Yeah, right? there are neighborhoods that are getting way over asking and still incredibly intense DDS, and then there are neighborhoods that are getting basically asking or everybody breathe slightly below if they've been overpriced. Right. Um. That, but but there, it's very hyper local even locally. It's hyper local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is, this is great perspective, great context. Um, I, you want to, you want to jump into our other topic today or you want to save it for, for, I think we should for the next tease one? it. I think we should tease it a little bit for the next one because yeah, uh, you know, my, my new, um, marketing, uh, expert, uh, Sean, who just joined us and he's the bomb. He's firing me up and making me do things I said I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> which I super appreciate. Um, I really do. And, and he said, Blake, you need to talk about the difference between a good agent and a great agent. Mm. And the irony is a lot of what we're discussing right now is way more pertinent now. Mm. Oh, no question. No question. Um, because hopefully this helps to assuage fears and hesitation for people because they lump real estate into everything that's happening in the market. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are with an agent, if you're going to go use an agent who does a handful or less uh, deals a year, they don't know what's going on in the market. All due respect to the agents who do a deal here or there. Mm -hmm. um, that's not enough to stay in tune with the market. And that's the thing. The, the more deals you do, the more data you have correct. to be able to, to be able to make these, um, to be able to make these assessments, this analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I mean, if they're a part of an organization, they might go, well, yeah, but my company, and that's, I mean, that's, that's fine. I mean, all I'm going to say is, uh, and we'll talk in depth, in depth, the next one about this, but I mean, I do think market knowledge, um, mm -hmm. is, is key. I, it's funny. Zillow used, you know, on the reviews, they have these four, four, um, aspects and it used to really uh, bother me when I wouldn't get a five in all, all aspects. Um, and I think it's, it's negotiating, it's local knowledge, it's communication. And, mm -hmm. um, I forget what the fourth one is, honestly. Um, 
must mean I'm, I scored low in it. Uh, <laughs> but Browns fan. Browns fan. I'm, yeah. I scored. I'm that's, fine that's, with that. That's the fourth one. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and I do think that we'll go into that in depth at the next one, Adam. But I, yeah. I think that market knowledge is going to matter a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No question. Um, and again, I will remind people of my own personal experience of selling a property with the Ginther Group. They were spot on in their analysis and actually came up maybe a little bit short in terms of what we thought we could get, but in a good way. Um, but in terms of like how to approach it, how to, what to do pre-sale, how to price it, what it would bring spot on. And, and a lot of that is because of your, the market knowledge, how well you, your aid, you and your team work around this area. And, and the fact that you are hyper local, um, which is, which is great. I, I want to hear you say it one more time to close out the podcast, just to give folks something that'll hopefully stick in their brain. Can, is, is it accurate to say the triad real estate market is still healthy? Very healthy. And it's, it's not going to change anytime soon. It's funny. I'm, I'm, after we do this, I'm going to shoot a, a Facebook um, video. And, and what I'm going to say in this video, I'm going to say on this podcast is that um, buyers are acting like it's a buyer's market. Nope, it's not. And it's not going to be for a long time in the triad, okay? Because the national media is kind of putting that out there. That's, that's incorrect. On, and on one hand, the other part, hard part about my job right now is sellers are acting like it's still this bonanza, crazy seller's world. Eh, in certain pockets, only in certain pockets. Mm. It is technically still a seller's market, but not the way it was a month ago. And sellers are looking at, and I have one client in particular, where they're looking at their neighbor's house that sold for an insane number around Mother's Day, okay? We're not in that market. That is a different market. That, that was a stupid, crazy market, mm -hmm. March, April, and May. And don't hear me say, oh, well, those people are all underwater. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the bidding wars and the, the, the drive up percentage is, is that's, it's different. It's lower. It's still good. Okay. But mm -hmm. sellers are, need to come back to earth a little bit and buyers need to get back to earth as well. It's, it's, it is, it is still a sellers market. It's not as extreme as it used to be. Buyers still need to be really competitive and really clean, but they can, they have more options. Heaven forbid they have a few more options. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, we, we can't stay in that rarefied air that we were as as sellers from from earlier we're, we're we're in a place where we where we should be we're in a good place it's just different from what it was when it was kind of an anomaly everybody you know? everybody take a deep breath days on market might average 10 to 15 days oh dear god everybody breathe the horror <laughs> I, uh, it's funny adam i mean it's crazy but it's true everybody's like what didn't sell yeah. over the weekend <laughs> I didn't get 25 offers within 24 hours. <laughs> just like literally two years ago, we were averaging like 45 to 55 days. Okay. It's, it's like yeah. crazy to me that people, yeah. and then a couple of years before that we were averaging four months. Yeah. It's like, hello, uh -huh. <laughs> not a weekend. That's yeah. That's not normal. Oh, this is, this is great perspective. It really is Blake. Um, all right. How, uh, how can people find you, my man? So the Ginthergroup.com, the Ginthergroup.com or at uh, 336-283-8689. All right. And next time, what makes, what separates a good agent, 
from a great agent on our next real estate podcast with Blake Ginther from the Ginther Group. Looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.